Welcome back to the Scare Step Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, buddy? Angry. Angry. I am also angry. We um, were just talking about the Disney Plus releases, and a lot of them caused a huge bit of rage within me. <laughs> just purely because of Disney's animation department. I don't want to get into it too much. It's just... Disney doesn't know what to do with animation anymore, which is bewildering to me. Yeah. At least the Tiana thing is cool. I, I look forward to that. But that is that is it. What is once the most prominent animation company on the earth now has a division with their Marvel division solely that just doesn't understand how to utilize the animated property, which is astounding. Detestable. Disgusting. Sometimes I wonder if they uh, know how to utilize the uh, the method of screenwriting either. They don't have screenwriters. They have bots. They have AI. At this point. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm also angry because I don't have my goddamn package, but it is what it is. Yeah. Halloween 4. <laughs> Halloween 4 is what we're fucking it's, covering, man. This movie's awesome. This is good. It's the last good one. No, no. <laughs> That's not true. Barely. It's barely not true. <laughs> yeah, so we we discussed in two how the familial connection for, for the franchise was established there and continued on. And, you know, I was being an asshole about it and saying, you know, how much I don't really like the, the brother-sister reveal. But I'm happy that it happens because of this movie. Yeah. Four and, capitalizes on a lot that two lays the groundwork for. Yeah, it's a much better made movie, in my opinion. I think that the characters are more interesting. This is one of those movies where I could just throw this on any time of year, no matter what, and just enjoy watching it. <laughs> I I saw you were looking at me to say something, and I was like, I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to sit here and look at it and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> So much for a co-host. No, no, no. Uh, I, <laughs> a lot of things too lays the groundwork for on the fourth movie really gets capitalized. You know, the whole family element doesn't work tremendously in, in two because it's just brought up as the last five minutes pretty much. Oh yeah, they're fucking family. Kill this bitch. It, it feels like an afterthought. Too. But, but four, yes, you know, he is hunting her down because he's part of his family, but... That's the only motivation you really get behind Michael Myers. And it's it's good because it's not too much motivation. It's enough to lay the groundwork for a film. But he still is a faceless killer that you're just following, you know, his carnage. Yeah. It's enough motivation to say, all right, this is a sequel. Fine. But it's not too much to be like, okay, dude, why the fuck are you doing this? Which is what a lot of these sequels tend to do. And it's good. I, I really like 4 because it's simple. It's straightforward. It follows through with a lot of the stuff from the first movie. And it feels more of an individual project. The more stuff I see nowadays, it's like, oh, all those crappy Halloween sequels, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of people looking at things retroactively because of sometimes the 2018 film came out or just looking at horror sequels in general from like the 80s, like just being a waste of time. And I, I really don't think it's fair, especially for this film. It isn't... You know, it's not like the fucking Shining. It's not like a super crafted time put into it for days on end long procedure, but it's a good movie. It is. It's fun. 
It's lighthearted. It sets the mood if you're going to have a good time on Halloween. You put it on in the background. You hand out candy. Hang out with some friends and family. Like, I love this movie for that. I thought because when I watched it maybe two years ago or no, last year on Halloween when I was carving pumpkins, I was like, you know, it's, it's nothing that special. It's just fine because I wasn't paying attention. I was carving pumpkins. But this time when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, no, this is just fun. This is just a good time. There's nothing aggressively bad about it. Some things can be cliched, but cliche does not mean bad. It just means it's a formula. And this formula may be done to death, but it's not on the nose or too in your face in this film. But most importantly, the best thing about this film is the characters. The characters are the first film they suffer, besides obviously Laurie and, and Loomis. Most of the characters are just background characters. They don't amount to much. You and I this past week went on a tirade about I said, you know, fucking hate Tommy Doyle Fuck this guy. Every movie he's in, he nearly ruins. He's just a background character. Like, you know, Scott, he's not a background character. He's a supporting character. And I'm like, but is that good? You know, in the first movie, is it good? He's a supporting character. Yeah. But in these, in this film, the supporting characters matter. Like, they're fun. You you like all these characters. Even the people you're not supposed to like when they die, you're like, ah. I mean, yeah, they're dead, but I'm still interested in this film. Not all of them. There's still people that are fucking assholes, but... Just speak for yourself. Because there is a... Fuck Brady, dude. I never liked Brady. I, I've always thought Brady was an asshole. Well, when I was a kid, I always forget some of the stuff with Brady. And I just remember he's like, oh, well, he's he's going to he's gonna save uh, Rachel and, and, and Jamie. He's going to protect them to, like, to, you know, distract Michael while they go up the stairs. But just, he, he was trying to, to leave with Rachel and just leave Jamie for dead. So he's still an asshole. Yeah, Brady but, sucks. Yeah, I I mean, I remember I always used to remember be like, oh well, he's he's not that bad, you know. He made he's a dumb teenager. He made a mistake, but when he's like, do you think she survived? It's just like, what, dude? He's it's a fucking like six year old girl. Like, like come on, man, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> but the 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 central relationship of the movie though between Rachel and Jamie is really strong. You know, is it, you know, one of the most deeply written stories or, or uh, interactions ever? No, but it is it is enough to connect these characters characters together well. And also, uh, it's well performed by Ellie Cornell and da- uh, Daniel Harris. They have great chemistry. You believe them as sisters. And you believe that Rachel would be there to protect her sister. It's a good enough of a development to continue the story. Like, you feel like it's not just some bullshit thrown in here where it's like, all right, we got to take our time off of this. Or, like, we got to stop paying attention to Michael Myers because these fucking people got to hang out. Like, we want to hang out with Rachel and... and um, uh, Jamie. Jamie. We want we want to hang out with them. We want to have a good time. We like them spending time together. Yeah. So when what happens at the end of the film with Jamie has more of an impact to it. It yeah. doesn't feel like you're wasting your time like with other relationships in the franchise. You're like, God, get these fuckers off my screen. You know, I will literally, say, literally any character in Resurrection. Yeah, bringing up Brady, worst character in four, right? We'll agree on this. Yeah, I probably, I probably say that. I mean, so, the doctor, for, the doctor at the beginning who's just like saying, talk, like talking shit about Loomis. He's also fucking stupid. Yeah, but, but like he dies, doesn't he? No, he should. He dies. He should. Michael walks back and says, I, I heard him. I, he dies. <laughs> so you you don't talk shit about my doctor. Like, hey, Only I can hurt my doctor. Hey, yeah, he's right, though. I will kill him. He's bald, but 
you don't you, you die. So Michael says before he kills him. It's the only thing he says ever in this franchise. He says you you die. You die now. You, you die. Goodbye. But I, I'll retroactively we'll talk about for the first three movies. We didn't do this. Who's the worst character per film? Brady. No, oh, I mean, like film? Each, the first three films worst characters. I want to do. We're gonna go I mean, for the worst character and best character. So we finish off these films. I want to say, what do you think is the overall best character and overall worst? Worst character in the first one, Tommy Doyle. Fuck that loser. Linda. Linda. Totally. No. I, I mean, I like I like them all though. Like I, I don't mind any of the characters. I don't think any of them are, are, are not actually aggressively bad. bad. None of them are bad. But yeah, Linda. We get candy. <laughs> awesome. Fantastic yeah, performance. One of the best, one of the best laundries I've ever heard. The fact that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, absolute snub. But um, you know, I I I I like all the characters in the first movie, but I, I guess I I guess Linda gets on my nerves the most. But it's not that it's, bad. It's, it's it's really only in one scene, and that's when she's doing the whole like I I, you, I always forget my books. The, yeah, the, I, like, I hate. But that. it fades it fades out. The audio fades out. Not not as much as I wish it would. Yeah, but. it should be more faded than the other dialogue from. Uh, Lori should be a little bit louder because I'm like I'm hearing this bitch talk about her books way too much and this is a, this is getting to be a lot. Yeah, the whole the whole totally thing doesn't annoy me that much. But again, best, like the characters in the first movie, best character in the first one is Loomis. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say that's pretty easy. Okay, second film, worst character, the goody goody nurse. Yeah, I guess I would say that the dude who goes in the hot tub, he can be a bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. You leave old butt alone. <laughs> oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> oh, there. Oh, there. Suck my balls, buddy. No, no, no. Okay. No. I, don't, I don't think so. This is not going to be a ball-sucking <laughs> moment on this podcast, buddy. <laughs> no, Bud, I... Bud's a piece of shit. Bud's awesome. Shut up. <laughs> no, fuck Bud. Uh, so, best character in two, Ben Tramer. <laughs> it's Jimmy. No. no. Um, it, it's, I Imagine mean, it's, it's, fucking it's getting a concussion and dying. You know Jimmy might be the worst character. What a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not supposed to be dead, but for some reason they just decided, oh, yeah. we, we can't let him come back. You know, best character is Loomis, still. Yeah. So three best characters, obviously Tom Atkins' character. Worst or character Cochran, is the fucking honestly. robots, man. Those robots. I know they're not characters, but... Every, every second on screen, like, dude... Okay. Where's character in three, then? That's an actual character. Kid. The kid? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's whatever. Worst character in four is Brady. Brady, by far. Best character is Daniel Harris's Jamie. To me. To me. I, I See, love for me, Jamie. It's, for me, it's really tough. You gonna say Rachel? I'm stuck between Jamie, Rachel, and Loomis. Those are all really good. Loomis has some good lines in five. This is one of my, fa- my, one of my favorite... Loomis performances. He is good. I love. I him like his, especially um, at the end. His line with uh, when he's talking to the priest in the, the car. I love Armageddon. the fucking priest, dude. He's oh funny. my god, dude, Sayer is so good. I fucking love yeah. it. In the, in the original script for it, you've was, seen it. Armageddon. He was, he was supposed to have a much larger role in the movie. He was supposed to be um, Crazy Ralph. Oh really? Like like a like a like a doomsayer character. I mean, he kind of is, but he's. More I think of a, it works better with him you know, having a smaller role. Yeah, he's he was supposed to die. I'm glad he didn't later on in the movie. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love Sayer, uh, and I love uh, I love the scene with Loomis and, and him. But for me, the the final shot of Loomis in the movie is 
some of the best acting that he he did in that role. His just pure terror and just uh, he, he's he's horrified because he's like, oh my god, the nightmare continues. I yeah. thought it was over, and it's just gonna be it's just gonna continue with this little girl. It really his performance when you consider the sequels as he just kind of unrails and then kind of gets wrapped he gets back, back to up. It in six. Yeah, and six. He's back it's to really crazy to see how this character has gone through so much, and we'll get more into it in five and six. But the stepping stones for Loomis as he kind of changes and alters is really interesting to see from film. He's a, he's he's absolutely batshit in five. It works so well, though. He's out of his fucking mind. Like you, you would think that this man would be out of his mind after what happens in four. Oh, 100 percent. It's just it's just wildly entertaining, but yeah. like. He's also a piece of shit. I love his line where he goes like, "I wanted Michael to burden hell, but I knew hell, knew hell would, would not, not have him." him. So yeah, good, fire, absolute fire. So good. Sometimes, some there's one of a few moments in five that's that's good. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm really stuck between Rachel, Jamie, and Loomis. I would probably go with. I might go with Rachel. That's fair. She's I, one of my favorite final girls. I personally prefer Jamie's performance in five over four. I, I think agree. as a performance, hers in five is better. Is the film yeah. better? Ho, ho. No. Tune in next week. <laughs> but still, <laughs> like, I she's so good in these movies. As a child actor, like, it's yeah. amazing. She's great. She's one of the best parts of the Rob Zombie ones, too. Yep. We will definitely talk about that sometime. But um, yeah, no, I I think that largely again another another movie where largely a lot of the characters I really like. Yeah. So also, I mean, like another character that I really like not not that I would say it's in contention with like Rachel, Jamie, and uh, Loomis, but I love Sheriff Meeker. Oh, I totally agree. Meeker's so good. He's he is arguably. I mean, he, actually, he's I, better I than Brackett. He, he's better than Brackett. 100%. Yeah. I knew you were going with that. I was like, no, Meeker is better than Brackett. Because it, it's better. like how quickly he just says, I'm on board. Let's get this done. Yeah. Like, it, it's. Oof. I have so like, much I want to say like about with, five, but I just. When we wait. get to five, it's just like him being this good. It's the same thing with Rachel. Like, him being this good in this movie makes five so inferior. I, I know. Like, it. The, the toughest thing is talking about four is going to lead into five, and you're like, it's, it's man. Because it's because so, it's so, like, intrinsically tied to it because of yeah. the way that the movie was made because they rushed it into a development to, re- to release it the next year. It, it, and it sucks because, like, they call it the Thorn Trilogy, four, five, and six. Five but, is... But six is so detached from four and five, really. Well, it's like five is... It, nothing happens in five that that really pushes michael's stories forward which is the whole point about this trilogy is that it pushes michael's story forward arguably four doesn't even really no do anything it's six does all of it five introduces the idea of the thorn curse which we'll talk about when we get to to five but five is where they actually introduce the idea of the trilogy and the only reason why four is included in that is because it's the movie that immediately precedes it and has characters that carry on forward because four and five they are they're true to each other they're 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 tied intrinsically like you can't have five without four and they it's a full follow-through this is where the story is going six it technically is attached to each other but like the time disparity between them like it's too much 
my god. It, I guess it's so hard to not talk about these other films, but yeah, yeah, four is awesome. <laughs> the, most importantly, the setting in four is really good. Yeah, Haddonfield feels like a real place again. But also, like moving from Pasadena, yeah, to Salt Lake City, Utah, the the visual palette and the even like you can you can feel the the fall energy of the film mm-hmm. that really draws it into this Halloween feeling. That as much as I love, you know, I adore the first movie. I like to. But they're filmed in California, and if you're paying attention, you know it. Like, if you've seen the movie a bunch of times, you notice, hey, there's green on the trees. These shouldn't be here. Um, and with this, you know, it, it is a cold environment. Like, when in the towards the finale, when they're on top of that slate roof, you can see frost. You see them, you know, the their the steam escaping their mouth while they're breathing like you can tell it's really cold and the leaves have fallen it's very very cold and really good looking like the the opening establishing shots of this movie i would watch as like an eight hour loop for ambiance so you just put it well, on the background that's what i was gonna say like not to detract from the original film because it's a fantastic film but in this film you don't have to fake the atmosphere the atmosphere is yeah. already there you know and that yeah. works so well for it Another thing we got to talk about for the film that we haven't yet is Michael Myers' mask. Two is a bit more detached, but it feels like it's the same mask. This is when things are like, hey, we're changing the masks every movie. Yeah. And they changed the mask in this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say that this is the worst mask in the series. No. Because I don't think it's that bad. And especially in, in um, on this rewatch, I, I actually like it more than I did before. So, I wouldn't say it's it's not my favorite mask or anything, but I don't think it's it's bad. I don't think it's even even one iota as bad as fives. I was going to have this mask for the podcast. I wanted to buy one of the Halloween masks. I'm like, you know what? I'd say four. Besides the original one, four is my favorite. So I'll get this one. Everyone would have the original one. I want to be a little bit different. This mask is stupid and it's goofy. My girlfriend hates it, which makes me like it more. This is funny. And I wanted to get this mask. But unfortunately, they lost the mask and shipping. I got a full refund, so, you know, it is what it is. But don't have it for the podcast. But as an artist, as a designer, which I went to school for, high school and, and college, this shit fucking sucks. <laughs> like, they wanted to make it look as faceless and blank as possible. And I understand that. And in the movie, for most of it, it works. When he's shadowed, it looks faceless. Like, there's nothing behind the mask. But some shots are so bad. That's the ones you think of. When I think of this mask, I think of him in the bedroom when the lights turn on. And I'm like, yo, get that shit out of my face. See, I don't think that that shot looks nearly as bad as some of the other ones. Really? Which are some of the ones you think are the, are the worst? Well, the one when he when the door flies open and he's holding the knife, I think it looks worse than that one. Okay, that's fair. Personally, I don't. I was waiting for it because I was like, you said like, yeah, man. When they got to that point where he, when he sat up and the, the lightning flash, wow, that that looked bad. And I'm like, oh wow, okay. So I sat down and I watched it. And I'm like, that doesn't look that bad, man. Like I don't think it really looks that bad. To me, it's it's all personal. You know what I mean? I I can understand that. I so just me, think I, it actually, looks so the mask, fucking hokey. It I think ruins one of the, the more tension hokier, in the film to me. I think one of the more hokier moments is when he's up on top of the the roof. Yeah. Because I'll, it's like I'll definitely you, bite that. You have the weird looking like the mask is so 
blank, but he also standing with his shoulders up like this. And it just looks really goofy. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's I think worse. it's just with the mask, his proportions look weird. His body yeah. in general, like... Well, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's like, I'm not going to... Um, I can't blame George P. Wilbur for it um, yeah. because he's the Michael Myers in 6. And he looks great in 6. So You know, you've gone on record before. On record, like it's a fucking interview. No, but you've said before, like, 6 is your favorite mask. Yeah. Do you feel that way? You haven't watched the movie again yet, have you? I haven't, re- I haven't rewatched it yet. I hate his hair. His hair is so stupid. Oh, yeah? The hair in it, it's like it's kind of like spiked up. I'm like, whose idea was this shit? He looks like a fucking, like, he's going to a goddamn Sex Pistols concert right now. I can't get over it. It pisses me off. But the actual design and sculpt of the mask is fantastic. Yeah, the sculpt is wonderful. And the way that they light it, it, it really looks sinister and, and scary. I, I will say but the biggest problem to that mask is just the hair. I think the sculpt's great. Yeah, I have to go I have to I have to rewatch it still. Um Even, I like I like the, I still like I I've, I've seen pictures of it recently and been like oh, it's not that bad. Like I noticed it more. The hair is weird. But like again, like we'll we'll talk about it when we get to 5, but like Yeah. I would take that over receding hairline ass fucking bulbous forehead Michael Myers. So like <laughs> I think the biggest problem with that mask in five is just that like it's too big. Like the mask is big, it doesn't fit his neck very well, it shoots out. The, I think the sculpt of it, the way that the, the facial structure for it looks horrible. It's weird, but I don't think it bothers me as much as like some of the masks in H2O are really bad. Well Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's obviously the, the um CGI one. The CGI mask doesn't count. That's just that's but, that's that's Even bad. disregarding that, some of those masks are like, "Wow, this is and bad." I, I think if, if I remember correctly, like the opening, we'll, we'll get to H twelve, but the opening scene of that movie, he's wearing the six mask. He is, yeah. And then they have their Stan Winston, Winston designed mask, which is the one that has the gigantic fucking eye holes that are suction come to his face, so you can see his eyes. I think that's the Stan Winston mask, and that's just. Mm. The one and the one that he's wearing when he looks through the window at Lori, that one's really bad. So. It's so weird. I mean, looking retroactively after all these films, I would still say the first one is easily the best mask. Still, oh, hundred percent. Um, Although I'll tell you what, recency bias definitely exists. Twenty eighteen, the kills mask, dude. Oh, really? You like that one that much? I fucking love it. It, like it's cool. I was because I was it's rewatching cool. it. I rewatched it for a third time because I showed it to our buddy James. Um, I, I rewatched it and just the way that it's lit in every scene, man, he just looks so fucking angry and scary. It looks with the with the singe and the burn next to it, he looks even more demonic and evil. I, I, I just have always preferred it as a blank slate white, but I I definitely see that point of view. I can understand why you yeah. like the kills one a lot. I wouldn't I like say it's my. It. I really I still wouldn't like say it. it's my favorite. I'm just, mm-hmm. but it's definitely one that's up there for me now. It's, it's I can like I can see that really good. I would say that the first one is. I, I think most people like the the sixth one's my favorite. I would say the the best is one. Yeah, but like you're not going to beat the original. Yeah, although the 2018 mask is really good. It's it really is. Good. I think the 2018 one's really good. It's the closest, I think, approximation you can get to it without yeah. legal issues. If you said my favorite is different than the best designed as a, like, 
artistic design wise, I would say the first one is the best. Yes, the best. But um, 2018 would be the second best, just based on what they're trying to go for. The atmosphere of the film, I think it lends itself very well to it. The the kills flashback one's really good too. I if I was gonna buy one, I would have liked to get four, just because it's. I personally like that movie, and it is fucking stupid, and it'd be really fun to walk around like. What's up, assholes? Wearing that mask. Uh, I think it's kind of cool because, uh, you know, we're talking about the mask for, for four, but there's two masks. In, well, there's three masks in the movie. Yeah. Because um, if you count the, the, the bandage wrapped head, I fucking love that look. But one of the YouTubers I watch for horror content, Drum Dums, he had somebody made like a bust head and made that mask for him. I want that. That's cool. I would have liked it more. If this was the mask for the entire film, I'd be like, you guys, you did a genius idea. Because he dies in the fire in two. If that mask melted onto his face and they put wraps around his face because he's still so burnt up. If that's how he looked in that film, I'd be like, you guys... You guys made Mummy Myers and it looks fantastic. If it stayed I, like I would that, have loved that. That'd be a fantastic design. I get why they didn't do that, but I, I wouldn't have loved to see that. The other mask is used in one scene, and it's the pink, yeah. <laughs> the pink mask with the blonde hair. It's it's only in the um, the school scene. Yeah. And honestly, when I watched this movie for the first time, I don't know how I didn't ever notice it. I just wasn't paying attention to it. But when someone pointed it out in one of the documentaries I watched, they're like, yeah, they, they fucked up and they got a pink mask and uh, with blonde hair and uh, we didn't have time to get another one, so we just threw it on and said, well, we'll figure it out in post or whatever. And I'm like... And then I went back and I watched and I'm like, how did I miss this? It's so obviously pink and blonde. <laughs> like, it's, it looks it looks really goofy and funny. But It's funny. There's so many different masks that they go through with these films. you think it'd be like a really easy thing to get right and they're like, nah, we fuck up a lot. <laughs> Yeah, like, every movie is different. And it's kind of amazing. Like, I get, like, sometimes, like, directors come in and they want to do their own thing and they want to, you know, redesign Michael from the ground up. But, yeah, you know, I get why they can't use the first mask or even the second mask. Legally. Because Halloween 2 is owned by Universal or was, was made and produced by and distributed by Universal. So they may not have the rights to that mask. Yeah. So they have to change it for four. It's just like what you, like, you do four and then you do five and it's just, like, he fell down a mine shaft and his mask completely changed. It's so funny. It's just because so it, it follows they, immediately they after. Yeah, like they show you the recap of him in that mask, and I was like, "Why didn't you just reshoot that scene?" Dude, it, it's really funny. Like, I love the idea that like he fucking fell down this mine shaft, and as he like hits his head, like his face and mask just deforms and stretches. It makes no sense, but it's like it's like a cartoon, like it just got fucking stretched out. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get we'll get to five's mask, but yeah. five's five when we talked about five, but it's just weird to me that like every single time like Trankass makes these movies, you know, four is four and five are both technically, I believe, independent movies. Mm-hmm. So like they could just use the same mask, and they just don't. They redesign the mask. I don't get it. But it just—it looks so it's goofy. It's cool to have different, uh, different choices. Some people might like the five mask a lot. Some people might hate it, but it's cool that people have different choices. Like, there's fucking like almost eight different Jason masks. Some people like some. Some people don't like other ones. But you have choices. Yeah. It's nice to have people just say like, "I like this one. That's cool. I don't. I prefer this one. It's pretty neat." 
having enough uh, decisions to go around, enough choices makes things feel more individual, and I like that. Some of them uh, I would not artistically want to be in my movie, but at the end of the day, they did it. They put it in their movie, and it is what it is. And some people are cool with that. That's fine. I I think when I was younger, I thought Four's Mask was fucking god-awful. Nowadays, it's the one I want to buy and put on my shelf. So that's, that's pretty neat. I like the way that works sometimes. Is it more nostalgia sometimes than it is about the craft of the mask? Absolutely, but I'm okay yeah. with that. It's kind of funny too. Um, one of the things I definitely wanted to touch on is the this this movie had a couple different drafts before it came to the movie that we got. Yep. Two of them in particular stick out in my brain. One of them is uh, that it, it's set after two, and you know Michael Myers comes back and Loomis is back. If, if I remember correctly, main characters are Lindsay Wallace and Tommy Doyle in, as teenagers. <laughs> I can't tell you how nice it is to know that that didn't happen. Halloween is banned in Haddonfield, so it's we're we're doing some footloose, um, which is what happened in six. Yeah, but uh, yeah, teens rebel, all that shit. Uh, but uh, local driving runs a uh, horror movie marathon, and like in this town, like Halloween merchandise is treated like drugs. So like they're like they're like side selling it. That is so fucking stupid. Halloween candy, Halloween costumes, you know, masks. You know, like get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It they, sounds they sell so drug of deal. its time though. Like this yeah. is a fucking smart idea. You're right, Tom. Let's do it. Yeah, well, you get to the end of the movie and there's they're at a drive-in. The only part of the movie that sounds cool, honestly, but like they're at this drive-in. Tommy and Lindsay and Michael shows up. And slaughters everybody at the drive-in. The body count's like over a hundred. It's ridiculous. But Loomis, I think it was Loomis and, and like Sheriff Brackett, they all show up. Or Hunt. I think it might have been Hunt. Hunt comes back. And they show I like up. Me too. But um they, they show up and they start gunning Michael down. Fucker grows to sixteen feet tall. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they don't explain it. Why? They never explain it. <laughs> So fucking funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. Is he fucking Ultraman? <laughs> like he's he's Hulk from the 2003 Hulk movie. He just gets shot and he just grows bigger. Um, yeah, that uh, I can't remember exactly how the movie just like completely ends. I can't ends, believe they didn't make this movie. Well, it's like John. This is what John Carpenter wanted to do. Oh fucking goddamn! Because he, <laughs> he 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 didn't want to make another like just like serial killer slasher movie he wanted to be at least different and oh man <laughs> yikes but uh the one of the other ones that uh that they did in between was uh lori is not dead lori moves to chicago and becomes a magazine mogul kind of like a really like a, a semi-prominent person in like a magazine industry so she's a yuppie well-to-do woman of the 80s and uh michael shows up to chicago and runs down a bunch of people in a fucking uh sitting outside for a movie <laughs> and the movie that's on the the board is halloween four so it's meta but uh it's so fucking stupid yeah he's but he, but it's actually not it's not that it's too similar to what we got but there's things in this that are like what we got like I believe there's a, there's a niece, but she's actually an adult, I think. And there's a kid, 
and he's after her and the kid and all that stuff like there, there's stuff that you kind of see where th- that was picked up and moved and put into four it's astounding they never recasted uh Laurie Strode yeah you know like, when you think about that and this I'm glad they period, didn't like I'm you, glad they didn't. Yeah, no, 100. percent That's why you know her. She's so iconic in the role with Jamie Lee. But it's just astounding to think in this time period they're like, yeah, we're just gonna kill her off and not try to recast her. I just find that so bewildering. And that in the 80s, that's such a prevalent thing that would happen. Well, it seems like what the point was like. It's like leaving the door open in case Jamie wants to come back. Yeah. And one of the prime reasons why the like the yuppie version of of Halloween 4 didn't happen was because they knew they weren't getting her back. So, yeah. There's some weird shit that was the journey to get to this movie. And they came in and they're just like, hey, let's just make a fucking Halloween movie. It makes me feel like it's like a little like emotional pussy boy when I think about it would have been so nice to have like Jamie Lee and Daniel Harris have like a reunited scene in a movie of them being like mother and daughter. And I'm like, there's nothing that would ever make this happen. Yeah. There's no reason that Jamie Lee Curtis would be like, yeah, I want to be intrinsically linked to Halloween 4, 5, and 6. But, yeah. like, me as a fan would, like, I wish that Jamie got that. She got to see her mom. Yeah. But. The, the fact that this, the only reason why this movie did not hit direct-to-video is because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Because after six, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna make a direct-to-video movie," and then they're like, "Jamie Lee's like, I'll do it one for a twenty-year anniversary. Let's go, boys!" And they're like, "Okay, bump that budget up, guys." So you're lucky. Yeah, they're. Although you would argue you'd watch Halloween five and be like, "How is this not a direct-to-video movie?" Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. The Halloween franchise has had a very that that book, the uh, Taking Shape Two, very informative on some of the weird ass shit that they wanted to do, man. It's funny, like you may say, like, "Hey, you guys talk about loving Halloween Four, but you jump around the place." But that's because Four is such like a mishmash of. This is when the series changes, and it starts going with an actual route in a direction for good or for bad, and a lot of things kind of line up into this movie where it's like. This leads to five and six. This also talks about, you know, the first movie and the second one and, and parting away from that. This is immediately after the third, which is supposed to be an anthology. So this film is kind of like a climax in the franchise. It's so, when they re- it's where they realize what the franchise really was. Yeah, and there's so much going on when you want to talk about this film that, like, that's why we are jumping around between film, between this, between that, because it just, that's just how this film lays out in, in the history of Halloween. That's yeah. also why it's so cool, though. Like, that's why... Is this film amazing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, but... Yes. There's so much to think about when it came out and how much of a process it was to get it. You go through all that history, you're like, I'm so glad we got what we got. You know, it's so nice to know this is the film we got and this is the relationships in the film and... I have a lot of personal nostalgia and just love because of this movie. Yeah. Does five fuck it up? Tune in next week. But 
Well, that's also kind of one of the one of the things you kind of just said it in passing. That's really important about this movie and its sequel is the nostalgic attachment that we have to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not like we grew up with this movie, or maybe you did. I didn't grow up with it, but in um like late middle school, maybe uh yeah, like late middle school, uh, I used to watch AMC Fear Fest, and we hang. Uh, I was hanging out with our. We have a mutual friend, Jason, and we were just. We just threw on Halloween during October, threw on the Fear Fest during October. We just, because he loves horror movies. He's always wanted to make horror movies with me and with you. And, you know, we just love the genre. And he, we just threw it on. And I'd never seen Halloween before. A little fun fact about Jason he does the ending song for the outro for this podcast. So that's a little neat thing. Jason's still very big into music and know love him for that very helpful with me and always has been very good at constructing stuff and always fun to talk to about horror as well hell yeah but But we we watched this for the first i watched this for the first time a double bill of this halloween four and five back to back with jason and i'd never experienced halloween four before but i was sitting there watching it being like wow this is like really fucking cool yeah like we used it's, to it's go so to his good. house to watch a lot of horror films i know that i've put on four and five in his living room before we'd watch them especially four five i don't know how many times we watched the first one there but those two i watched a lot with him because i grew up because like you said amc used to throw on the fucking horror films all the time i i would watch five the most because they played that all the fucking time for some reason when i was younger but four also occasionally so those two films have a huge fucking nostalgia factor for me it's because no one else wants the rights to five yes <laughs> So, four, five, and the first Friday, honestly, I'd see a lot on um, TV. The other, yeah. like, the other Fridays, I bought the DVDs. I went out and, like, I would not watch them on TV. It was, I went out of my way to say, I'm going to watch this myself. It's really funny, because the, the first Jason-related, and first Freddy and Jason-related movie I ever saw was Freddy vs. Jason. Um, so, That was my introduction to, to Jason, and that's kind of why I was never really interested in him as a, as a kid. The first time I saw Jason, I think was, I think I was 10, and I watched uh, Jason Goes to Hell because I rented it, but after that, I um, I bought it's amazing. all the it's amazing. You, it's amazing that you became a Friday the 13th fan with that kind of an I only watched the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I never finished. I, I watched it. I was like, that's kind of cool, I guess, because I, when I was a kid, I had the the mask that conformed to the hockey mask, like the the skin. Yep. So it was ironic that that's the one I rented. I didn't mean it to be, but I was like, oh, that's like the, the costume I had. But I went and bought the other movies. I'm like, okay, this shit's like actually good, though. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a huge lot of nostalgia for a lot of other slasher characters besides Michael and um, Jason. As far as Nightmare goes, I didn't start getting into Nightmare until I was into my teenage years. So... It's a little yeah, bit different. I, I watched Halloween at a very young age, so I was engaged with this. So once, when I got to Halloween four, I'm just like, "Wow, this is really cool." I saw Halloween. I think I saw. <laughs> no, I saw, I saw Halloween four. No, I saw Halloween Re- Resurrection before I saw Halloween four. That sucks. I, yeah, I was just actually. Sitting you down. know what? I was wrong though. I saw J- Friday versus Jason before I saw Jason. I saw that when I was like five. Yeah. I, I saw it because my mom was watching, and she's like, "What's that? If you want to check Same. it out?" I'm like, "I'm five. I'll watch anything. It's the TV." And I was like, "Yeah." Like is what? <laughs> my my uh, I I remember I watched Ooh. Resurrection when I was younger, and I watched it with uh, my sister and my dad, 
my dad walked in while I was watching it and we had this, this like running joke where we'd be in the house I'd be talking about Halloween be like was Busta Rhymes in that one that's fucked up man dad's like yeah Busta Rhymes he's the best man Busta Rhymes is the best he's you know karate kick and Michael Myers awesome shit and I'm like dad shut the fuck up <laughs> I am not gonna talk about resurrection until we get to it we'll, we'll get there but yeah. yeah we had a running joke about that but yeah four four is lit dude I love four. I joke oh. about it being the last good entry. It's not, but like, it's the last time Halloween felt something special to me. I feel like, as far as the original series. Yeah, four. Four is really cool because it's like it's very in step with the original. Yeah, you know, it's very similar in that regard. It's it, like it's got a higher body count, so it embraces some of the stuff from the eighties. Yeah, but mostly the violence is bloodless. Yeah. Like the original, like he gets um, it, fucking like Brady gets stabbed with a gun. No, he, get, he gets his head. He gets his head crushed. Oh, he gets no. The girlfriend gets stabbed with a gun. Yeah, yeah. She gets stabbed with a gun. Um, like there's blood, but it's not like you know Friday the Thirteenth. No or, blood. It's not much blood. There's no nudity in it. There's no nudity. Yeah, that was one of the things that like I was like I, I can't remember if they edited the brief sexual related material out of the movie for the the AMC Fear Fest ones but like i'm sitting there watching i'm like I, maybe i saw everything like yeah. i thought to myself like oh it's edited for tv or something but no like they really just did not embrace nudity in the movie and that's fine yeah, yeah it doesn't change the film yeah it's, it's fine <laughs> As um, it doesn't change the film i go fuck damn it why <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's just it's it's really it's. A, I describe this as a comfort movie. A hundred percent. Yeah, I just throw this on and be like, nothing is more comfortable than killing teenagers when they don't expect it. Okay, Scott, I'm calling the police. They're next. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I, I throw this on. You know, I said earlier. You know, I could just throw this on any time and just enjoy myself and, you know, be sucked into, you know, the autumn feel and. The you know the score's awesome. I love what Alan Howarth did with this. It's the only Halloween vinyl I owned at this time. I just freaking love what he did with this, especially with the opening. Like the movie doesn't start with the Halloween theme. It doesn't start with the pumpkin. You know, it starts with this oppressive these shots of these like dead farms because it's obviously fall and this like wind leaves rustling. This like low synth score it's very very uh, it puts you right in the mood for it instantly it's really cool and i just love the way that this movie shot i think that you know the they use blue light a lot but it, it makes everything feel really cold and i love that because that's something that the first two movies don't have i agree i think we've pretty much gone on about like all the best things in this film the things to watch it one thing I did, I did want to say though, because we were talking about before about like Jason teleports, like in, in yeah. earlier episodes, Michael teleports onto a fucking truck in this movie. <laughs> I'm yes. convinced. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Oh, he's hanging out in the back of the truck. He's hanging out underneath. He's not hanging out underneath the fucking truck. Yeah. He just appears on the truck as it's moving. I love that sequence. I think it's really fun and funny. But it is the funniest thing about that is just the fact that like he's clearly fucking punching people and throwing them off. And they just don't feel it at all in the car. Yeah, no, like... no. Well, the one that gets me is like, oh, well, he just throws a guy over the side. Like, maybe he didn't feel that. When the tailgate drops down, you know, like, yeah. I've been in a truck, not while it's moving, 
while the, when the tailgates come down, you feel the truck move. The truck would fucking fast. shake, man. Yeah, so it's like it's like I feel just like him just getting like, huh? up on the truck. You'd be like, why is the truck doing this? Yeah, like, it's really funny. But I, I like that sequence. It, it's one of the sequ- only sequences like it has like actual like explicit on-screen violence because it's it's with the the neck tear, which by the way still looks fucking awesome. It's still really good makeup, man. Yeah, dude, fucking so good. I like that finale a lot. It's fun. All the, all the way down to the end when you know where 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 Rachel finally gets the you know gets him off the tr- the car and he yeah. she hits him with the car and. They fucking gun him down relentlessly. They cut away before they drop a stick of dynamite in the fucking mine shaft. I like but, even uh, when um, Jamie goes out to like reach for his hand and stuff. Pull his hand. You know, for some reason, I was sitting there this time watching it. And I'm like, I'm expecting, oh, this is where they're going to reveal the thorn tattoo. Yeah, which they definitely don't because it didn't exist. Yeah, so it's just like, okay. All right. I was expecting, for some reason, I'm like, oh, this is where they kind of hinted the thorn idea. Nope. <laughs> you don't find out about that till five. So... But the the big thing though is the ending of the movie. Well, her her reaching out to Michael really is the big foreshadowing to. Yeah, her. it's it, the whole idea that maybe. I, I mean, we'll... what we've already talked. I mean, we haven't really spoiled that much of the movie, so maybe best not to give away the finale at this point. But, yeah, you know, but it, it's awesome. <laughs> well, let's just say it's a really really shocking finale. Yeah. The way it's performed by everybody is great, especially like I I noticed this time around. You know, no super duper crazy context but when they gather at the end at the bottom of the stairs i this time instead of looking at loomis instead of looking at meeker i looked at rachel ellie cornell's performance is really fucking good really fucking good uh but loomis possibly my favorite performance moment from loomis is the finale Mm -hmm. love it yeah all the only thing the last thing i'll say about the ending is it's wonderful how it just ends and it's like super duper downer. It's it's a it's a it's a gall it's a a ballsy ending. It is very unapologetic five, ending. Five doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, throws it all away. It's, it's kind of like it's not only, honestly kind of like not. I don't same, di- not the same context, but it kind of kind of reminds me of like the whole like kind of tease at the end of the final chapter for Friday. Yeah, which it is it like does. hey, something bad might happen, and then it doesn't happen. They definitely stole that from Friday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighty-four. Yeah, I, I. No offense, I kind of like the way that they do throw it out because I like the fact that it kind of bridges a line about what Jamie is going to be. I'm glad they don't go with that. I do yeah. think it could have been interesting if they went with that. It would be it would be a different kind of thing. It would be a different choice instead of following yeah. the same kind of formula. But you know, it, it is just kind of funny. Like everyone was like really jazzed up about that ending, and then Authen and Gerard just like, hey. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. Fuck you. So, so yeah, I, I mean, like I was gonna say before, this pretty much covers a lot of. Four. This movie rocks, man. This yeah. is this is a yearly Halloween watch. Yeah, I'll watch this every year. I, I will always go back to usually. At, I would say, at this point, if I was gonna go back, I'd watch three Halloween films: the first one, the fourth one, and probably the 2018 one. So it's kind of funny because after we came, because you and I saw Halloween 2018 um, in an early screening, and I just adored it. I was in in heaven, and I, I automatically shot it up to being my second favorite Halloween film. Mm-hmm. And I texted you immediately after I finished four, and I said to myself, four might be back to being two again. 
One of the things we didn't talk about, which we can just briefly touch on because it's important to why, the pacing of this movie. Perfect. It's it, it, You blink and 20 minutes is gone. Yeah. And you're invested the whole time. You're not wasting any time. And I, that's the it's biggest all problem killer, with no modern filler. filmmaking. Modern filmmaking, you feel like things are so dragged out or you're getting so much more than you need. And it's like, come on, man. And I don't dislike 2018, but sometimes I do feel like, where are we going with this? Can we just can we just keep going? Can we just yeah, wrap this up now? 2018's biggest problem is that like sometimes they, they deal with these comedic moments that like you could just remove and it changes nothing about the movie. Yeah. Not that not that you should have to do that every time. Like sometimes comedy's just fine to have in there. Like you don't have to yeah. not every movie has to be like consistently the only thing that can happen in each scene is moving the plot forward. I don't need that all the time. It's but... not Hollywood I mean not Hollywood. Sorry. It's not Halloween twenty eighteen's fault. It's just Hollywood's modern filmmaking is that when you're getting so many films that are like this, you're like, we're just not getting the diversity in film where things can just end. We're not getting the diversity in film where things have different pacings or things can go at a different point where, hey, we're going to keep it more focused. There's so many subplots or so many different things we have connected into this. It's like, We're setting up stuff for the next movie. Yeah, and like, I understand the why and the purpose. I'm not an idiot. I know what you're doing. But at the same time, like, you're really harming my possibility to feel attached to this singular film. And yeah. I want to like a film, not a franchise. I already like the yeah. Halloween franchise. If I'm going to like Halloween Kills, it's not going to be because you did stuff in the original 2018 one. I'm going to like these films separately. So yeah. don't try to make everything, oh, this and this, blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, a focused, continued story is good. Keep it focused. I concur. I think that's pretty important. And I think that the reason why that this this movie works as well as it yeah. does is that every moment is it's just it continues and continues and continues and continues. And all the sequences are well directed, engaging. The editing moves at a fast clip. It's a shorter movie. Yeah, you know, it's like eighty five minutes or something. Um, and and like the next one's like a full ten minutes longer. And it, and if it, it feels so like so much like a slog, not because it's ten minutes longer, but because nothing's as interesting. And you know, again, this movie lives by its relationship between Rachel and um, and Jamie, and yep. they're so likable that they're consistently engaging. Character is very important in horror, and you know, maybe they're not the you know, they don't you know wax philosophical all the time and have these like crazy awesome you know character arcs and development the whole time but they're very likable and enjoyable presences and you don't want them to die so every time they're in peril it's very tense i wish because like dwight h little the guy who directed the movie like one of the only other movies that i know of that he's directed is a, is a martial arts action film with brandon lee That's cool. and it's just like he's really talented in the space of horror like this movie's great more horror <laughs> that's the biggest problem with a lot of these directors that did these 80s horror films is that they only do like a few other things and the coolest thing about that is you know in this time period they're like hey we'll just have these people that have no name attached to them just give them this big project and see what they do because they're big now Halloween and Friday the 13th when they're coming out they're not that popular like we don't call them cult films nowadays because they're so prominent in pop culture, but when they're coming out, they're just trying to make some money. They didn't care who's directing it. Like, we know who's going to be attached to the next Halloween movie or the next Friday, and the directors have to have at least some name value or some connection to 
a general audience in some way. That or, or they'll 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 have a, a very strong producer on there that's going to handpick exactly. a director. So because you know it's handpicked by that direct by that producer, you know, oh, this person must be talented. Like Fede Alvarez handpicked the guy who's doing the next uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Exactly. Or Sam Raimi picked the person who's doing the next Evil Dead. And like he did with the remake. Something that didn't really matter back then. They were just taking chances and having people try out stories. And with the stories that people were giving. They aren't fans of this franchise because it wasn't a franchise when it was coming out. They were just films, and they're trying to have fun and make fun films. And that's the biggest thing, is that we are trying to rip on franchises. We're trying to make things cash cows. When back in the day, they're not trying to make franchises. They're just taking what they have and saying, let's just try to make some fucking money and have some fun along the way. And that shows. And, you know, when you're watching films nowadays that are horror films, especially franchises, you're like, this isn't very fun anymore. Not that they're bad films, don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm, I'm attacking Halloween Kills with that especially because it's not very fun. But it, they're, they're good movies in different ways, though. It's, yeah. Modern filmmaking is done so differently than filmmaking in the 70s and 80s. Am I saying one is better than the other? Not, not intentionally. I may prefer a certain version, but it's just yes. that they're drastically different. Yeah, no, they are better. They, they're better in the 80s. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> different styles, the- you know. Things are very different. Everything about filmmaking in the 80s is better. Except for the abuse not. to the, the cast members. As I said, objectively not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you as know. a wrap-up, you gave your thoughts on it. I'll finish up with saying, Love 4. It still is, to this day, my second favorite Halloween. Sometimes it even beats the first one, because when you said to me, and to everybody else that's listening on this podcast, character is one of the most important things in horror... I would not only agree with you, I would wager saying it is the most important thing in horror. You could have one death in a horror movie, but as long as you care about the character that died, it's gonna matter. I agree. It, it Look at the it, stepfather. Any kill in a movie. Like a psycho. Yeah, it's kind of funny because it's like everybody talks about, um, like, like, oh, like this kill is super brutal or this kill is like bloodless. If you care about the character, you don't care what happens to them yeah. as long as if it's a bad thing. It's bad. That's what matters. Yeah, and we, you know, you'll know when you talk to horror fans or in the horror community, people's opinions on what they like in horror are vastly different. But you and me always come at it from a very a very narrative perspective. If you don't like a character, you're not going to like a movie at the end of the day. And that's why, to me, not just in horror, but almost anything, if you have bad characters, you're going to have a bad movie. And I love the characters in 4. It really shines through. And I'm always going to come back and say, I love this movie, no matter what. And I really hope everyone that's listening takes a chance and checks out Halloween 4. Obviously, you're going to have to watch the first two. But you can skip 3 if you want. It's up to you. Different movie. Enjoy it for its own reasons. But check out 4. Keep an open mind and say, you know what? I just want to have a good time watching this movie. And I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it. Now, for next week... We talk about Halloween 5. And let me tell you, I can't guarantee you're going to enjoy it. Tune in next week. That's all I'm going to have to say for now. Bye-bye.